1: that's hypothetical, Hyperthetical, H Y P
2: E R T H E T I C A L. Hi, I'm Shanti. And I'm Lynx, and you're listening to Muses. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Muses, the podcast about the amazing women in rock and roll. Yes,
3: welcome. Welcome back if you're uh, one of our beloved listeners that continue to support us it's been always it's always great getting the messages and everything but uh it's i've had a rough couple weeks and just hearing stories that you've told me and then on the instagram and everything those like, they, they do, like, make my day, you know? Yeah, it's
2: awesome to think that there are other people out there who are just as fascinated and just as interested in the wives, groupies, girlfriends. Yeah, and I love getting all the suggestions
3: roll. that people send in, and we have an endless supply of inspiration, that's for
0: sure.
2: Yeah, when people are like, hey, you should cover this person, the go-to answer is either they're on the list, or great, we'll add them to the list. Yeah.
3: Uh, I've been excited about this one, actually.
2: Me too. Today, I'm going to be presenting Carly Simon. Yeah. And it's after having read her memoir, Boys in the Trees. It was the second time that I read this memoir. I remember a couple of years ago, you were going to do this episode but I think maybe it was too fresh or the something. The book came out in 2015. Yeah. And I wanted, I guess, to give it a little bit of time. Yeah, And now that it's almost uh, five years old, mm-hmm. I figured, hey, let's go back to it. I enjoyed it just as much second time around. Awesome.
3: Yeah, it's been on my reading list for a while. But I guess there's a reason I hadn't gotten around to it. And it's because I'm meant to hear it
2: Well, what's great you. about this, too, is I only touch on certain... Side stories. And if you want to go back and read about them in detail, you're not going to be disappointed. Also, the way that she writes is so poetic and so beautiful. She's
3: a super talented woman. I have no doubt that the book is phenomenal.
2: So, we are going to talk about muses that of course being james taylor is one but you might learn to find that there were some people who inspired certain songs that you may know of you may not know of and a certain figure in her life who inspired almost everything that she did
3: interesting yeah i don't know too much personal stuff about her i love her music i know you know the big people that she had things with and everything but and of course that her and James Taylor were muses for one
2: another. For one another, exactly.
3: I love relationships like that where you're both finding equal inspiration in the person that you're with.
2: Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely one of those stories.
4: We have no secrets We tell each other everything about the lovers in our past And why they didn't laugh.
2: All right. Carly Simon was born to the man, well, a man and a woman, (laughs) but let's talk about the man first, who began Simon and Schuster. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. So as a book person links, you may not have known that that Simon is this Simon. I had no idea. So his name is Dick Simon. It wasn't his father or anything. It was him (laughs) that started this with Schuster. Wow. It's actually a tragic story within itself. Mm-hmm. And it really does make you think differently. Like now that I do see see a Simon and Schuster, I go, oh man, that's kind of a depressing story. He, to make a long story short, he did have it taken out from under him. Oh no. There's a very sad part in the book where Carly was invited with her children to go and see the offices once her father had passed on Mm -hmm. and the man sat at his desk and looked at her son and said... Something along the lines of, if your grandfather would have been smart, this could have been all yours. Oh, like something God. along that. Yeah. Like, it's a really tragic story. And not only does it really play a huge role in Carly's development, but her father's decline. Oh, uh, among other no things, doubt. which we'll get into. All right. Wow. Yeah. So we're starting off yeah. heavy. Carly was born the third child, the third girl. And since they had highly anticipated a boy, she was supposed to be named Carl. Do you know what you were going to be named if you were a boy? I only know that my mom was certain that I was going to be a girl and she had named me Andreana. So I was Andreana when You're I was... You're definitely not
3: an Andreana.
2: Well, I know. So I was Andreana when I was in her belly. She wrote it over and over again and then I was born and she said Chantel. Interesting. But she, my mom doesn't even pronounce my name like that. Yeah. Chantel. 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 Uh, and I never introduce myself that way. Yeah. So I say, hi, I'm Chantel. With, I guess the inflection is on the tell. I was supposed to be
3: named Rory. Very Irish. Rory O'Leary, if I was oh, going to be. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. It's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not the best. And my so mother... So go-
2: if you were a little boy, you would have been called Rory? Called Rory. Okay.
3: Yeah. Um, Rory Leary. It's funny because...
2: I can't even do it. Rory Rory O'Leary.
3: It's funny because when um, Gilmore Girls came out, of course, I watched that with my dad growing up and he was always like, that's not a girl's name. It's a boy's name. I think he was just angry that someone had thought to use it as a girl's name. And he did. But he's also the one responsible for calling me Lynx. My mother wanted to call me Angelica.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Lynx it is. Yes.
3: Anyway, so Carl became Carly.
2: Yeah. And she says that the... um the y added on the end was just almost like a taunt you know yeah so she had two has had two older sisters joey and lucy beautiful always felt like she could never compare well her father looked at them as if they were angels and Even to her, she remembers her nose being a source of embarrassment for her father because it was wider at the bridge and lacked the Nordic look in the women he loved, like her sisters.
3: I see. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how much things like that, you know, affect you growing up. Like, little things aren't little when you're young, you know?
2: Yeah, exactly. She ended up having a younger brother named Peter whose birth ended up sending her father into the hospital for a week from a nervous collapse. And this would be several of many mental health issues her father would suffer throughout his life, although of course back then they didn't have yeah. the language, they didn't have the knowledge. And mm-hmm. so stressful they just watched Yeah. They just watched the decline. Her father, Dick Simon, was very tall, six foot five with piercing blue eyes, who she believed could do anything. She thought he was a hero, a king. When he paid less attention to her than her other siblings, she thought that it was something wrong with her, Mm. as opposed to anything being wrong with him. Yeah. Her mother, Andrea, was so beautiful that when she would come pick up Carly from school, Carly would pretend that she left something in her locker just so that all of her friends could (laughs) see how beautiful her mother was. That's so cute. Andrea never wore makeup except for the brightest possible lipstick her parents met when andrea was working as a low-paid simon and schuster switchboard operator nice so being the simon of simon and schuster yeah carly's first home she grew up in was in greenwich village yeah greenwich greenwich if i had a dollar for every time (laughs) i mispronounced greenwich village on this podcast (laughs) i'd be rich i'd be as rich as simon and schuster so jealous of
3: carly growing up there Oh my god.
2: Well, prepare to get even more jealous because in the winters, they would... Summer? Nope. In the summer, they would spend their time in... Of course. They were, you know, Martha's Vineyard people. Yeah. Well-known artists, painters, writers, musicians, and athletes were known to drop by for dinner on any given night.
3: It's <sighs> my dream. It's my dream right there. By
2: the end of the 50s, Albert Einstein and Eleanor Roosevelt had both been over for lunch. That's and, insane. Right? What? Her father had been a pen pal of President Eisenhower.
3: Oh my goodness.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Carly spent much of her time with her grandmother, Shibi, who spoke eight languages, was brainy and original. She was very secretive about where she came from and always made time for Carly, as did her nanny and cook. Cool. Yeah. Her favorite adults, though, were her two uncles, Uncle Peter and Uncle Dutch. Uncle Peter was her first crush. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You you know, you remember those days when your first crushes were like your cousins and stuff? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like Tommy from the Power Rangers. (laughs) I do. Uncle Peter taught her to play the ukulele, which then led to her learning guitar. Nice. Carly thought that every single family played music and harmonized together. If only. If only. She grew up singing with her family. Her father's family was very well-rounded musically, and they would all play music and sing together on Wednesday evenings cool you know like gather around the piano probably a couple guitars everybody harmonizing imagine oh my goodness her sisters were as her sisters were growing up joey was set on being an opera singer wow which she did eventually become amazing And lucy a nurse to which i like this part her grandmother shibby responded ugh I want to meet Shibby. Yeah. You can just imagine that, eh? Oh, yeah. Just this, like, wise, old, kind of mysterious woman. And it makes sense that she had this super
3: strong, you know, unique woman in her life growing up because she's such a strong, unique woman, too.
2: Yeah. Carly originally wanted to be a baseball player since she was more of a tomboy. Cool. She says, if for some reason Daddy loved Joey and Lucy best, then Uncle Peter was mine. I was his, too. I doted on Peter whenever the opportunity arose. She was never able to get her father's attention and felt a detachment from him. And like you had said earlier, how that can really be very telling and very effective from a young age. This was a problem she spent her life questioning and compensating for. Hmm. Which as an artist was maybe a great thing in terms of material. Material. But as a daughter, it sounds pretty devastating.
3: Absolutely, yeah.
2: One summer, Carly started turning in on herself, becoming frightened by many things, such as the dark, thinking about her parents' death, just to name a few. Mm. Her throat began to spasm when she spoke, turning into a debilitating stutter that would stay with her for the rest of her life. No
4: way. Yes. Yes.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. Her stutter led to a deeper embarrassment and lower self-esteem. Of course. Inside, she felt broken and full of self-hatred. And to this day, when Carly is tired or nervous, the stammer comes out. I have a little bit of a stutter sometimes as well. I don't know if you've
3: ever noticed, but it's not something that happens often it's i think usually if i'm like super tired like she said or like nervous or excited about something Mm -hmm. like i tend to say something you know
2: i've seen it a bit when you're excited yeah 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 one day when they were eating dinner and carly could not ask for the butter without stuttering her mother suggested she sing it this was life-changing and life-saving for her because it worked yeah it was a turning point And instead of becoming a baseball player, Carly started thinking, maybe I'll be a singer. Wow.
3: (laughs) Wow. Maybe she never would have become a singer if she didn't have
2: that stutter. It's interesting to think about. Yeah. Carly was initiated to the world of boys, quite sadly, when she was seven years old. Oh, no. At her summer house, there was a boy named Billy who was the teenage son of family friends who would rent a house in the neighboring town. Although Billy was quite obsessed over Carly's sister, it was she that would find herself with the 16... No. 16-year-old Billy alone in a bathroom here or a closet there, as she puts it. Mostly, it seems, he got off on having Carly watch him undress. Okay. And such... This lasted for six years into her early teens. Wow. It was so conflicting for her. She says, Being in pursuit of such a low, sneaky, treacherous catch caused me to retreat even farther down inside myself, if that was even possible. It wasn't just that I didn't want to get Billy into trouble, more that I didn't want anyone to stop me or bring to light how ashamed Mm. and conflicted I felt about the way, about what we were doing. Yeah. When she finally told her sisters they accused her of lying, (sighs) her mother banished him from the house for one summer, which of course is not the right thing to do. No. And Carly seemed, you know, even then that that was quite a mild reaction. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, 1950s. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> yeah. Parents not own- not owning up to this kind of thing, I think, even cause more deeper
3: damage. 100%.
2: 100%. Than if they would have never have known. Yeah. And how can that be repaired? So anyways, Carly says that Billy was quietly stealing a part of her. Hmm. Mm -hmm. and i had read something recently that said trauma is not your fault but healing is your responsibility that's and it that's an interesting one yeah yeah and 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 she really has you can tell with things that she's done over the years but Mm -hmm. it just makes it so much more difficult i think when the people who were supposed to protect you failed oh yeah yeah things in the family continued to be full of secrecy and deceit in the mid-1950s, a young man named Ronnie entered the Simon family lives. Carly's mother began a relationship with Ronnie, which Carly didn't even know about until 1960. Mm. The reason why Ronnie came into the house was because Carly's mother feared for Peter, the son, yeah. Peter's manhood in this all-female household. So she hired a young man to be a sort of companion for Peter, who is six, which is like kind of risky in itself. So now where that we, was know what we know her father? There. There. What He was there the whole time. So Carly was eight at this point, and Ronnie was 19, and her mother was 42. Wow. Wow. So I'm going to read you a little bit, please. Why was Mommy so interested in this man, and why did she move him into our house? What did they have in common? I could only guess. Mommy grew up poor in a row of red brick porched houses in a lower middle class part of Philadelphia's Germantown neighborhood cockroaches were underfoot utilities and rent bills went unpaid mommy always seemed proud of her hand-to-mouth background even as mrs simon she was never a snobby prissy uptown brat never had matching table linen silver spoons or china with no nicks throughout her marriage mommy had done everything she could do to impress daddy in the social circles in which they moved lacking easy wit she tried to appear a woman of words not realizing that brilliant men rarely seek out brilliant women Maybe she had enough finesse of acted out glamour of putting it on, flinging her hair back, applying red lipstick, coming up with the just-so word or story in between the dessert course and the after-dinner brandies. Maybe she felt bored, unappreciated, un- undesired. What she didn't know was that the secret love she was about to embark on inside her husband's own house would impair Daddy's health and probably even has- hasten his early death. Or maybe she suspected but had just stopped caring. Wow, that's a lot going on for a little kid. Yeah. Her mother began to withdraw from the family. Carly says she seemed to lose interest. Mm. If daddy had never been mine, mommy wasn't mine anymore either. Her father withdrew into his misery and into himself. Her poor younger brother, Peter, was the beard for her mother and Ronnie's relationship.
3: Yeah, that's uh, another uh, trip to the therapist. For, that's right. Uh...
2: <laughs> wow. In the fall of 1955, Ronnie was stationed in Germany to Carly's relief. However, this would not be the end of this relationship, as her mother went to Europe in October of the same year.
3: No way. I
2: wonder what she was doing. Yeah. Ten days later, Carly's father suffered his first heart attack. No. He would suffer from mini strokes after that. It's like, why did they stay together? Well, you know, perhaps as the wife of such a powerful man, it was to save face. But also, I think in the end, it's the mid-1950s. Yeah, it's crazy to think of how many
3: people back then stayed together unhappily because that's what you do. And, you know, like even in like the 20s
2: still, it was like illegal to like divorce places like that's just insane right in the summer of 1956 carly met a boy who would later play a huge role in her life huge she went to the store with her sister and there were two boys sitting on a porch one of the boys davy was sitting and playing the guitar and introduced the other who was lanky had androgynous allure and bony teenage elegance he introduced him as jamie yeah when she came out of the store jamie was playing the guitar she sat beside him and she began to eat her popsicle as he was playing the guitar he turned his head and took a bite out of her popsicle (laughs) and then another everyone called him jamie but his full name was james taylor i had no idea they knew each other for that long Mm -hmm.
3: wow oh my goodness this is exciting
2: (laughs) That summer, Carly and her sister Lucy really began to sing together. They were taught a song, Winkin', and Blinkin', and Nod by the aforementioned Davy, which was a song they would eventually go on to record and find some success with. Cool. As things were spiraling with her family, Carly found solace in music. And I'll read a quote. I've got a few quotes, and I do like to add them in. And the reason is because so the way she puts it is so elegant. It is nice to hear. It in their voice, you know, them telling their
3: story the way they wanted it said. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: Here's a little snippet. Ever since Ronnie had infiltrated our house, I had no idea what to do with my feelings. Feeling unloved, feeling I was plainer and less desirable somehow than my two bird of paradise sisters. Feeling jealous of the attention Lucy and Joey got from daddy and from boy after boy too. Upset even by the idea of mommy looking sideways with a flirtatious smile at Ronnie. The secrets, subversions, and dark spirits inside the Simon household were extremely real. Billy, my mother, Ronnie, I sought some kind of freedom in music, in the promise of transcendence and the idea that the purity and the innocence of a mythical god could somehow deliver me from darkness. Music to dance to, music to sing, music to play with Uncle Peter, music to listen to my father play. Hmm. That's good. And on that note, let's take a
0: quick break. Or go to rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R A K
1: U T E N. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Boucher. And if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts.
2: I am pumped to tell you about the Away suitcase. I have only ever owned hand-me-down suitcases, and I can't believe that I waited so long to replace those ones, but I'm glad that I got to replace it with Away. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world.
3: They started with the perfect suitcase crafted with features that make travel more seamless. Now they offer a range of essentials that solve real travel problems. So all you have to think about is where you're headed next. Because getting away means getting more out of every trip to come. No more travel anxiety. Did I
2: forget something? None of that. Away
3: has you covered.
2: I got to choose from a variety of colors, and since I'm on a huge beige kick, I chose their sand color because I just pictured myself rolling it in the airport looking all chic. (laughs) It has four 360-degree spinner wheels that guarantee a smooth ride, something that none of my old suitcases had, and what a difference it makes. I got the bigger carry-on, a size up from the carry-on, but it's still able to fit into the overhead bin. It has a
3: lightweight and durable shell that's made to last for a lifetime of travel. A 100-day trial lets you try any away product on the road, and a limited lifetime warranty means they'll fix or replace your bag if it ever gets damaged. Not only that, you get free shipping on any away order within the U.S., Europe, and Australia. If you decide it's not for you, you can return any non-personalized item for a full refunds. No ifs, ands, or asterisks.
2: <laughs> Do you want to see for yourself? You can shop everything away at their stores in New York, Austin, LA, San Francisco, Boston, Chicago, and London. I'm pretty tired of carrying around a big backpack or hoping that one of my old suitcases wheels doesn't blow off. I've taken this one to visit my mom in a cabin in the woods, and I cannot wait to take it with us to our upcoming trip to Los Angeles and Las Vegas. Yeah. I'm going to feel so confident that not only is it stylish, but it's super practical and expertly designed for all of my travel needs. And links: if you run out of cell phone battery, you can borrow mine. Perfect. Yeah. Glad I'm traveling with you. I can't recommend this suitcase enough. Seriously. So for $20 off a suitcase, visit com slash muses and use promo code muses during checkout. That's right. $20 off a suitcase, go and
3: visit awaytravel.com slash muses and use the promo code
2: muses, M-U-S-E-S, at checkout. That's right. Away Awaytravel, dot com slash muses. Ronnie eventually moved into the house of course he did right under everyone's nose her mother said that her father snoring was so bad that she also had to take up residence on the same floor as wani it would have been better just to be honest about it though like not that that
3: wouldn't have been you know incredibly fucked up but like at this point you're rubbing it in everyone's face lying to them you're confusing them oh my god it's a straight up cuckold Ugh.
2: And, like, men that time and that powerful, too, like, can you imagine what that did for his ego? And if he's already suffering, like, mental health yeah. issues
3: and stuff, I, it's not really surprising that during this, I guess, Peep felt so helpless. Like, he couldn't even be like, no, you're not going to move this guy in yeah. to my home. Yeah. That's Same. sad.
2: Another significant sexual experience that Carly would have mm-hmm. came in her teens with a friend named Nora oh Nora yes Nora was a few years older who came to spend some time with the Simon family and wanted to I guess show Carly some of the things that (laughs) she had been recently taught it was when I by reading the passage it seems like quite an erotic and beautiful experience and Carly says I knew this was the future this was the way I would writhe in the future Hmm. We got into an awkward position with each other, but I imagined we were like two smaller branches of the elm, twisting and tossing and making room so that they could move against each other without breaking. Wow. Mm-hmm. So while this was happening inside, there was a hurricane brewing outside, and I believe in literature that's what they called prophetic fallacy mm-hmm. when human conduct is mimicked in nature. Yeah. So I thought that was really wonderful that she made sure to add that yeah, detail. Yeah, she
3: painted the picture.
2: Oh, yeah. As we've been discussing, depression ran in Carly's family. While she was struggling with her own needs and conflicts, wanting to be seen and desired, wanted and loved, her father had grown seriously ill. By the late 1950s, her father had changed for the worst. She stopped inviting her friends over out of fear of him embarrassing her. He was disoriented uh-huh. and after dinner would retreat to his piano, his playing an angry serenade to his family, to his wife and to his colleagues with their disloyalty, which was killing him from the inside out. Yeah. Poor man. Yeah. So if you want to read more about what exactly happened with the Simon & Schuster, how it ended up getting taken from him, how, yeah, the kind of crushing story, it it's, it's in there. Okay. But for time and to make this more about carly we can just know that she did take this and she did internalize in it and she did move forwards with it in her life okay carly was woken up the morning of july 29th 1960 by her mother and sister joey her father had died in a way her father had was one of her first muses Mm-hmm. and so when i say that the biggest muse or one of the biggest muse might be one that you didn't exactly imagine yeah that's who i was talking about because she incorporated him into her identity of course a lot of her struggles were his yeah shame inadequacy self-centeredness ambition and depression hmm. the image and ideas of him were locked inside her forever which came out in her songs ideas of love Crime, secrecy, vulnerability, monsters, beasts, love, and longing. Yeah. I'm going to play a song now about her father, which was released in 1983, and it's called Hello, Big Man.
4: She wore her mother's car.
2: Carly went to school at Sarah Lawrence. Mm-hmm. She still felt out of place there, starting college, with very little confidence. She's Still not believing she was beautiful. That's nuts. All
3: what? these incredibly gorgeous women we talk about that didn't have that self-esteem. It shows you that it, it really doesn't have anything to do with what you look like.
2: It's... Self-worth. Yeah. Yeah. She also didn't fit in with the girls who had money... Since there was very little of her father's money left. Uh, So while she grew up with that very almost bourgeois lifestyle, she wasn't fitting in really anywhere at this point. The dark force she came to refer to as the beast Mm -hmm. started emerging. That one that makes you feel less than, not good enough, never talented enough, pretty enough, smart enough, all that. She describes it like this. The beast was self-conscious, fear and loneliness inside a house run by a mother and father who occasionally took their roles as parents seriously. Then and forever, the beast was my envious feelings about everything I worried about. The beast was and is whatever feels insurmountable in the moment. Hmm. Its key words are enough and you should and why can't you? With me falling short and feeling ashamed and exposed every single time. Yeah. Yeah. While Carly was at Sarah Lawrence, she fell in love with a young man named Nick. He was intellectual and ignited her interest in philosophy, poetry, and literature. Cool. You know, as a young relationship should. Yeah, exactly. Carly played the guitar every moment she could. She imitated her sister Lucy, who was imitating Joan Baez. Hmm. Due to her stuttering, Carly had a very difficult time in school but when she had to present a poem, she set it to music and brought it into guitar- to class with her guitar. Perfect. The class had a very positive response to this, and she began to perform in the students' lounge and in dorms. Amazing. Nick visited her from Harvard, and she began to be known as a cool and hip girl at Sarah Lawrence. Yeah, she did. Nick's father sent him an article about Francoise Hardy. Oh. Believing that the two girls looked alike. Aw. Yeah. Cool. Carly started to spend more time in Greenwich Village. And around this time, Carly and Lucy began to sing and perform as the Simon Sisters. Yes. Uh, I'm in it. I'm in it. (laughs) (laughs) They ended up getting representation, signing a contract with Harold Leventhal's company. Fortunately, or unfortunately, depending on how you look at young relationships, her relationship with Nick was on the rocks, and she found out he had been cheating on her. Hmm. She didn't break up with him right away. Again, because... When you have you're low young, self-esteem and yeah. self-worth and you can kind of be talked into things. Yeah. He had maybe told her something on the contrary. She believed him. Anyways.
3: You're, when you're young, you it, everything is difficult to navigate.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Even when you're old.
2: <laughs> yeah. Life. <laughs> the Simon Sisters released their first album, Winkin', Blinkin' and Nod. Yeah. Carly enjoyed her newfound status on campus thanks to an appearance that the sisters made on Hootenanny. Oh, yeah. At this time, Nick went to Europe and Carly visited him overseas. They lived together in France for some time. It's like such a sweet story if you go back and and you read the book. And there, Carly ended up becoming very ill. Uh She would wake up in the middle of the night shaking violently oh no she went back home saw a doctor not much got figured out she was worried about her mental state she was worried is the same thing gonna happen to me as it happened to my father it was very traumatic it wasn't until after she was broken up with nick Mm -hmm. and he came back to new york and they went out for dinner together like a friendly dinner together they ordered the same wine that they had always had in france she had it made her sick she was allergic wow so that actually ended up being yeah more about she was just allergic yeah yeah carly did not end up returning to sarah lawrence and instead went to england with lucy to work on their music career nice carly fell in love with an english man named willie of course and i mean everybody should fall in love with an english man or have an affair with an english man at some point in their lives agreed There's a pretty funny story in the book about how on the boat trip back to America, they saw Sean Connery getting on. (laughs) So what they did was they wrote him a note. No way. And he ended up calling them. No way. There was a pretty funny sisterly rivalry. They spent the next few days trying to impress him. And they ended up spending quite a bit of time with him. Oh, he must have loved that. Well, so much so that he did try to have a threesome with them. But when they did turn that down, he was still extremely polite. (laughs) A full circle moment came when Carly would write the song Nobody Does It Better for the spy who loved me in 1977. Yeah, that's right. But right now in 1965, her beast was tormenting her and her sister Lucy would sneak out and spend the last night on the ship with Sean. No way! Leaving Carly alone. Her oldest sister, Joey... Was a part of the New York Opera Company,
3: nice.
2: saving savoring her own musical success. Carly was being encouraged to go solo, and in 1966, a day before her 21st birthday, she received a phone call from Bob Dylan. Oh my god. She met up with him in person, and he rem- he recommended that she record the song Baby Let Me Follow You Down. She also met Robbie Robertson who helped her arrange the song to suit her voice, and they had a few drinks and a nice flirtation. Ooh. Unfortunately, the song ended up getting sabotaged by, she thinks, the producer of the song, who she doesn't name, but like a creepy old man uh, guy figure who tried to sleep with her. Yeah. Like, if you're nice to me, I'm going to be nice to you. I kind see. of thing. So when she ran out of the room, turning down his advances, she later came to find that the song had been arranged completely out of her pitch, two uh. keys too low, what she think was yeah something he did of course the track was shelved that's unfortunate at 22 years old carly was depressed and she was starting to gain weight so she was having kind of a tough time but then she also ended up meeting one of her best friends who ended up being a lifelong friend named jake she was working at a summer camp teaching girls to play the guitar cool her and jake began to write songs together and would continue to do so for many years nice Later, when Carly was married, Jake was one of the few people invited to her wedding. Cool. So Carly's music career is, is still gaining momentum. Mm-hmm. And she is still writing music and performing. Enter Mick Jagger. Please enter. Then Mick walked in. One expects superstars to be altogether too large to fit through ordinary doorways. But much to my disappointment, Mick entered the room with utter ease. <laughs> My first impression was that he was like a diminutive version of Mick Jagger. He was my height, with narrow shoulders and an extremely lean chest. Hmm. I found him sexy, not just from the get-go, but way before the (laughs) get-go. He was like a life-sized doll, with a generous but small painted face. Neat, correct, at once plush and angular... After greeting his bandmates, Mick ambled through the locker area into one of the stalls, while Keith and Danny continued jamming. Mm. Besotted by Danny's new instrument, the boys were as cool as can be, whereas I was all smiles. Jagger was in the room! (laughs) Right away, I could tell that, for Mick Jagger, all women, including me, were his, by divine right. Women existed to frame him, impress him, shimmer for him, illuminate him, jog themselves helpfully into his peripheral vision a fast click snapshot mick might take out of the corner of one eye for future purposes and dalliances Hmm. by now mick was huddled with bill wyman and charlie watts i can't remember if mick even glanced at me that night but my memory is he didn't that would come later
3: Ugh, ugh. that was a great description of mick
2: Seeing Mick arose something very powerful in Carly, he really inspired her. When she danced, she tried to be like Mick. Carly would have relationships with men throughout these years. But unfortunately, Mick was never one of them. Yeah. But you know who was? Uh,
3: I know a couple of them, but I don't know who you're going to go with next.
2: Jack Nicholson. Oh, I was going to say... Warren Beatty. That's coming very soon. Yeah. So Jack Nicholson. It was funny because at this time she was calling herself promiscuous in a in a diary entry.
3: I would definitely go there with Jack Nicholson.
2: She had a great time with him, and it ended out amicably. And for the full story, you can read it in her book.
3: Oh, I can't wait! I'm definitely
2: picking this book out. <laughs> She was wasted the first time they got together. Oh. Like, I think he went over to her house and she was like, do you want some coffee? And he was like, do you drink coffee in bed? And she said they just like, had a blast.
3: Yeah, he seems like he would have been a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm. In 1970, Carly made her first solo album. Yeah. it ended It ended up being called Carly Simon. There's a pretty funny story about the cover art of that. Mm-hmm. If you look at the back, there's a photo of Carly and it looks head on. However, that photo was taken when she was lying down. Oh, no way. And what the photographer or whoever did was take the photo and make it so so she's looking straight forward. But it ended up making her face look even more like Mick Jagger.
3: Yeah, I was going to say uh we know mick loves women who look like mick <laughs> yeah
2: and in that photo in particular it was a very jagger vibe yeah. but it was actually from almost the gravity of yeah. how she was lying interesting so if you go and look at that album cover and you look at the back i will that's not the angle of how that photo was taken cool and i think it was like her brother or something who took the actual album cover oh yeah nice. yeah someone else's album was constantly on carly's turntable at that time James Taylor's Sweet Baby James.
3: Yeah, I was wondering when uh, when James is going to pop up again.
2: When she saw a cartoon drawing of him on Time magazine, she said, "I'm going to marry him." <laughs> she was right. Yeah, she would. Her album was released in 1971 to some very good reviews. She opened for Cat Stevens at the Troubadour. Oh,
3: imagine that show.
2: It was 5 nights in all, two shows a night amazing she also met the charming chris christopherson oh my goodness and she was mesmerized by him i would be too people were crowded in carly's dressing room at one point and since she had to go on everyone cleared out except for one man who was sleeping on the couch who was sleeping on the couch james taylor yay they he woke up they talked briefly about the vineyard and then the door opened Joni mitchell his girlfriend at the time said James, we have to go now. Oh. And Carly wouldn't see him again for seven months, although she thought of him often. Wow. Now, what I didn't know was that Joni was with James when she wrote Blue. I had no idea either. And Blue was inspired by, by James. What a man he must be, huh? Joni ended up giving James mm-hmm. hand drawn lyrics to songs on that album. With um, pictures that she had drawn as well. Wow. And Carly said that, unfortunately, like some things that she had given to close friends for safekeeping. No. Ended up disappearing. So they no longer have those. That's so upsetting. Those things. Yeah. But I mean, how could she know then to put that shit in a fireproof (laughs) lockbox? Right. And hide it. Wow. While in New York for a Carnegie Hall concert, Carly invited Kat Stevens over for dinner. Ooh. They had gotten to know each other in LA. She had listened to Tea for the Tillerman Man over and over and over and over again. Of course. For dinner, she made chicken with cherries in a cream sauce and bought a very nice wine. Chicken and cherries. Hmm. I it's I don't know. I like the in a cream sauce. Yeah. I like the idea good. of it. I like it. I've never heard of it. I like the idea of it. But he was late for dinner. He was very late for dinner. No. The whole time she was waiting for him, she wrote the song Anticipation. Oh my God. And, uh, the song was finished when he arrived. She didn't dare play it for him, though. Of course. They became lovers for what she calls a very fine but short while. Mm. It felt astral. Wow. They made a connection that lasted. And so now we're going to listen to Anticipation.
3: Man, that's so cool. Yeah, wasn't it? I have no I had no idea about that either. This is uh very enlightening. This is fun, right? Yeah.
2: All right. So, let's learn some other things. Please. Let's talk about Warren Beatty. Yeah. In the summer of 1971, Carly Simon met Warren Beatty. Yeah, she did. I'm going to read to you that Please. that meeting.
3: I'm also a big Warren Beatty fan, so give it to me.
2: When my charisma was at an all-time high, I had a visitor backstage at the Troubadour. In between shows during my first week opening for Cat Stevens, Warren came into my dressing room with a feigned shyness. He was affecting a touch of the old, aw shucks, attitude. As he saw there was no one else around, he closed the door. He got very close to me, looked into my face, and looked down at my breasts, braless, (laughs) and curved bravely in an insinuating shape under my chamois shirt. He said, can I see you? I knew who he was, of course, before he introduced himself. In actual fact, there was no one who could who could match him. What a glorious specimen of man. He put them all to shame. If looks and charm were what you were after. He honed in like a tracking dog. Mm-hmm. It was mysterious because it worked and it shouldn't have. <laughs> now, when I say it worked, I mean it was irresistible. He had to have me as a notch in his belt a belt where the greats could mix warmly with the rich, the famous, and the fair. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Warren. (sighs) She says that he was such an actor that he could convince himself that he was vulnerable. Yeah. He remembered the names of her family members. He paid real attention. They made love like in the movies. (laughs) Warren was a professional. She started to talk herself into being in love. Oh no. But one day when Carly was in a session in a therapy session, she mentioned that Warren had left her house that morning. Uh uh-uh. If you can believe it, the doctor like turned pale oh, no. and informed her that she was not his only patient that day to have spent the night with Warren Beatty. No!
3: Oh my goodness, Warren Wow.
2: Wow. Learning from your therapist? Wow. Who also had a, a patient who was also sleeping with Warren Beatty. Fuck, man. Well, and he was like, "I probably sh- like am breaking yeah over by telling you this, but wow, what a reveal! My what goodness. a reveal!" <laughs> Carly went to a James Taylor show not too long after that and was brought into his dressing room between sets. When they had a chance to speak, Carly said. If ever you want a home-cooked meal while you're in New York, I'd love to make lunch for you. To which he replied, What about tonight? Mm-hmm. That but- night, James asked to lie down on her bed. He was tired. She says, It was the nicest contact I could ever know, could ever have asked for, or even remember. We were the same length in limbs. He was four inches taller in his torso, which mu- was much longer than mine. But it felt as though a manufacturer of bodies had copied our limbs and made them a perfect double. This was the chest I yearned to lay my head on. Mm-hmm. She had already loved him. She had spent the year before harmonizing to every song on Sweet Baby James. <laughs> she says, James was my muse. There are different characteristics in the sounds that notes make when they are played together. That's what we were, just two notes.
3: Wow. How magical.
2: They soon moved in together. After that night, they were together. Yeah. She was the romantic one. He was no frills down to earth. They spent much time together in his shack in the vineyard, which they were always updating, changing, making better, renovating, always fixing up. There was always something to work on. For her, being with James was a decision, but rather she says it wasn't a decision, but rather a magical predestination. Mm -hmm. Not only were they linked through their love and music, but also they were both very troubled. Mm -hmm. He had a duality and she accepted it in him as she had accepted it in her father. Yeah. In 1972, at a party for Amit Erdogan, Mm -hmm. that name is familiar.
3: Oh, yes. President of Atlantic
2: Records. Familiar name. Carly ran into Mick Jagger again. She says, naturally, I flirted with Mick. I mean, who wouldn't? Mm -hmm. If a woman didn't flirt with Mick, it only meant that she had a cold sore or she'd (laughs) been brushed off by him already. (laughs) He would walk by her and stare. They found themselves alone by the pool. Nothing happened. He had just married Bianca, but she says, when I was with Mick, I became the woman who was attractive to me. He made me feel fantastic. Mm. On a good night, James didn't give me one half of the energy Mick was giving to me. I always had to meet James halfway or more. Mm. Mick was all there and present. Wow. She'd had some telephone calls from Mick after that, which likely made James upset, but he didn't say anything about it. What he did tell her, or rather show her, was that He had been using heroin for some time, which kind of makes sense. I'm tired. Can I lie down on your bed? He was passed out on her couch when she met him, but she had no idea. Wow. So he actually shot up in front of her. Oh my God. Because he believed that if he, if she saw him do it, he would stop. He threw it away, but sadly that would not be the end.
3: That's not how you kick a habit.
2: (laughs) Around this time, Carly was working on the song Ballad of a Vain Man. Yes, so we're gonna talk about how the song came to be written because there are some varying (laughs) there are some varying accounts out there. Lynx is laughing because (laughs) the cat just let out a huge snort. (laughs) When she was replacing vocals on You're So Vain, there were some other people down the hall cutting tracks. Mm -hmm. None other than Paul and Linda McCartney. Wow. She says that they were dressed like they had just come from the country.
3: Of course they were.
2: Harry Nelson was also there visiting friends. Yes. She describes Harry as being handsome and tall. Ah, oh, Harry. And while they were all there hanging out, she got a call at the studio and the voice said, Is this Collie? And it was. Wait, let me try that again. Hello. Is this Collie? Mick. was on the phone of course how did he find out she was there i don't know it doesn't matter but he was invited into the recording studio and that's how he ended up on vocals amazing so originally harry was gonna sing with her and then as soon as mick came in he was like you guys don't need me yeah and then he promptly went and made himself a drink interesting so i'm gonna read to you the account of what it was like to be in the recording studio with mick perfect yeah that's so
3: crazy that harry almost had the gig
2: almost it was shortly after midnight mick and i we were close together the same height same coloring same lips i could feel him eyes wide on me I felt as if I were trying to stay within a pink gravity that was starting to loosen its silky grip on me. I was thrilled by the proximity, remembering all the times I had spent imitating him in front of my closet mirror. So the producer had said, Mick, step back just a bit. Your voice cuts more than Carly's. Try doubling your parts and stand a little further away, both of you. And then she says, the farther away we stood, the closer we got. hmm. Electricity. That's what it was. I wanted to touch his neck and he was looking at my lips. The electricity was raw and hardly disguising its power. Having sex would have actually cooled things off.
3: Wow.
2: I love that. Yes. I love that. Shortly after that happened, James got a call from Bianca Jagger and she had said, you know that Mick and Carly are having an affair. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah James had said no they're not I trust Carly and that was Good. yeah I Good trust for my him. wife to be that was that and then another thing about the song you're so vain and ballad of a vain man was she talks in her book about how when she was with a friend of hers a man had walked into a party and it was a friend of her that said did you see him it looked like he was walking onto a yacht yeah so she scribbled that down nice she was on a plane with someone once and she had a coffee and the person sitting beside her said it looks like you have clouds in your coffee Mm. she wrote it down yeah and so she would refer back to these notebooks and then try to put things into the song smart so let's listen to you're so vain i
4: had some dreams they were clouds in my coffee
3: This song is just so good. You can't not sing along, you know? Got
2: that right. On November 3rd, James and Carly married at City Hall in New York. Things were fine for a while in their marriage, but there were problems. Pain, turbulence, and it didn't help that they were both famous singers, musicians, and performers. She says that their love became bipolar, switching from love to loathing and then back again sometimes in the same day. Yeah. He released Don't Let Me Be Lonely Tonight, while she released You're So Vain, and for the first time, it seemed like they were in competition. Mm -hmm. In a weird psychological turn, her mother was relaying to her that both of her older sisters were ruined because of the overnight success of their sister, Carly. What? So she couldn't even enjoy that. That's so... Oh, my God. Like, really? She felt guilty. Ah. And for her to come out ahead of her sisters, for her, just seemed senseless and wrong so many women feel guilt for their
3: success none of us should
2: her mother even took carly out of parts of her will saying that she wouldn't need the money anymore what and then james was just shifting into coldness (sighs) so it's like you think fame fortune riches amazing fairy tale what more could you want and then meanwhile you see like yeah like her life is crumbling it's not so simple in 1973 carly found out that she was pregnant James was off and on drugs at one point, super sensitive to the point where like he couldn't, they couldn't even touch feet in bed. Wow. Yes. And a good explanation can be found kind of how he was acting or his demeanor was like in her song, I've got my mind on my man. Hmm. So we'll play a little clip of that now.
4: Sometimes he's sleeping.
2: Waiting for their daughter, Sally, to be born, James had written a song called Sarah Maria. Well, the moon is in the ocean and the stars are in the sky. And all I can see is my sweet Maria's eyes. Oh, Sarah, Sarah Maria. Mm. So they found a muse in their daughter as well. They were writing together about their family life. They did have beautiful times amongst the hard times. And because no one puts it better and more beautifully than Carly... I'm going to read about them creating the music together. Great. Because, you know, we're muses. We're all about, all about the muses. So let's, let's learn a little bit about that. With James, that thing, that diversion from the pain of life lay strongly and squarely in the music that surrounded us. And that he and I sang and played... James's music gave me grace. It gave me inspiration. Witnessing his creativity, his writing, his singing, his playing guitar was something I never took for granted. Those times we could sing together and make harmony or join in a melody in a different octave were like a gift from some other dimension. Hmm. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful?
3: She has such a way with words.
2: I know. Oh, I love it parenthood didn't get in the way of their writing singing and touring they had their second child a son named ben in january of 1977 for carly's music she had hits here and there but her albums weren't doing as well in the charts as they once had she retreated into domesticity and motherhood and unfortunately because ben was very ill she was very focused on that and Mm -hmm. that i believe Can only imagine, takes a strain in a relationship as well. For sure. When you have a very ill child and you're parenting them, you have a husband who is addicted to drugs. Like, it's It's just caregiving and it's just burnout and it's awful. Carly says that she didn't know any rock and roll men who didn't cheat on their wives. Hmm. And sure enough, James was no different. Mm. He began seeing someone and Carly did find out. It took her a while, but then she took it, accepted it, and began an extramarital affair herself with scott lit her engineer her and james made and missed appointments with marriage counselors there's a pretty devastating but also beautiful part in the book where carly goes into the house where the other woman lived Mm -hmm. and confronted her wow but she confronted her in a way that was also confronting the beast inside of herself Mm. kind of staring it in the eye it was not really what you might expect
3: interesting very cool interesting
2: as we know you know these kinds of lifestyle isn't all that it's cracked up to be even when you are a beautiful talented singer performer with a handsome and talented husband two kids a home in new york city one in martha's vineyard yeah it just doesn't always
3: that doesn't mean life is perfect yes
2: right carly became ill she lost a lot of weight due to the stress of her life Mm -hmm. um her son's health ended up Recovering because it was just an issue with his kidneys that needed surgery. That's good she realized that she did suffer with depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. you know thinking back that that worry lump in her belly which ended up manifesting into the stammer the beast the issues that her father faced they all had a name a diagnosis Mm -hmm. she speaks openly about how some years she never cried she never sang around the house she couldn't sit through a movie all the while trying to help james through his depression and trying to be the peppy one of the two yeah Wow. Not surprisingly, they separated and eventually divorced. Mm-hmm. Carly says that she was on different medications on and off during the years, which helped. Her family helped, her children helped, her home helped. And when she wrote the book in 2015, not much had changed from where she lived. She still stayed in the same home, the same bed that her and James used to share wow since their divorce in 1983 carly has had relationships that have come and gone which are a grateful part of her memory she has forgiven james and thinks of the happy unhurtful memories full of joy and music the vineyard will always be home for her mm. she says that there will always be boys in the trees whether it's her son or grandson now Aww. carly was inducted into the songwriters hall of fame in 1994 in 1995 and 1998 respectively she received the boston music awards lifetime achievement and a berkeley college of music honorary doctor of music degree cool go carly she's also written several children's books oh i didn't know that just this month she released her latest book touched by the sun my friendship with jack which is about jackie onesis kennedy no way yeah so that was just released in october Cool. So you can go ahead and, and read that and I'm gonna pick it up myself and give it a read and definitely gonna go through this book and read some of those uh
3: deeper details. This was great. Uh, I learned so much about her and uh so many fun random stories too. Like ah uh, she's such a magnificent woman. We're so lucky we get to talk about these people. I know. Aww. i
2: feel the same way well everybody if you would like more of this and more muses you can head over to our patreon patreon.com slash podcast. we have some really fun episodes full of music full of laughter full of our own little secrets that yeah. we uh, divulge so head over there and if you'd like to listen to any other music related podcasts head over to our network yeah, Pantheon Podcasts.
3: There's so many new podcasts up there now. I think we're close to like twenty five mm-hmm. or so, and each one is really interesting. So there's yeah. one
2: all about the band.
3: Yeah, there's one uh, dissecting Almost Famous, the movie Almost Famous
2: minute. Yeah, minute by minute, um, we're gonna be making appearance on that uh, later on. Yeah, towards the end of the movie.
3: Yeah, so so much to uh get caught up on and check out miss p of course has her podcast there too and
2: pamela debar's pajama party yeah she recently interviewed moon zappa yeah so cool and thank
3: you so much for presenting that that was a wonderful episode you did a magnificent job of telling carly's story
2: thanks i had a blast i really enjoyed it yeah me too all right on to the next one
3: on to the next
2: all right everybody thank you so much um We love you. Thank you for your support. And we'll see you next time.